Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. Today, we're going to finish Deborah's song. It ends on a slightly sadistic slash poignant note, but then the very final word is a prayer that crosses from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Deborah prayed for you, my friend. That's pretty cool. Let's look at Deborah's song coming to a close. Judges chapter 5, verse 28. Sisera's mother looked through the window. She peered through the lattice, crying out, Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why don't I hear the hoofbeats of his horses? Her wisest princesses answer her. She even answers herself. Are they not finding and dividing the spoil? So let's talk about this. It's, uh, it's, it's the Yo Mama portion of Deborah's heavy metal song. She's even... She's even in a, I think, what is a touch of sadism, kind of relishing the speculative image in her head of Sisera's mom peering through the window, wondering where Sisera is. I mean, the fact that he lived to the, see this battle means obviously he survived every other battle, but moreover, he's victorious. He's got 900 iron chariots. He's got, he's the, he has a, a massive infantry, like he's undefeated in battle. So obviously he's coming home, but where is he? And so Deborah is perhaps just relishing in this song, hence the fact that it made it into her lyrics of Sisera's mom wondering where her son is, expecting him to come home at any point. Now, it was common practice to divide the spoils once you're victorious. Sisera's mom would assume that Sisera would be victorious because he always was. She has no idea that the entire army is dead and that Sisera's head is currently nailed into the ground with a tent peg. So Deborah's singing about this. But there's something else here. There's something else. We've seen how the Israelites have learned their lesson when it comes to dividing spoils. Uh, man, bad things have come in the past from Israel taking spoils from the victories that God gave them. What they would end up taking with them invariably were pagan items that would then influence them. And so they would refrain from that oftentimes. But not so. Remember, Jabin's army were not the people of God. Sisera was the commander of an army that was not the army of the living God. Sisera was the general of the army whom God threw into confusion. And part of their practices were really human trafficking. They would take female prisoners and they would serve reproductive purposes. So as Deborah in song, who again, she's a prophetess. This is inspired by the Holy Spirit. She is imagining Sisera's mom and Sisera's mom within Deborah's song thinks that they're choosing a girl or two for each warrior. These would be sex slaves. They would be expected to reproduce because the, uh, the, the word girl here, the Hebrew word that's translated girl here could literally be translated womb, like a womb or two for each warrior. That's how they thought of the people that they conquered. That's how Sisera's mom likely thought, according to Deborah's song. The spoil of colored garments for Sisera. Okay, colored garments were quite valuable, especially if they were dyed purple in a process uh, involving shellfish. The spoil of an embroidered garment or two for my neck. This is Deborah's song about Sisera's mom. Deborah thinks Sisera's mom is expecting an embroidered garment or two. This is a big deal because back then, and even in Jesus' day in the New Testament, your clothes were just your clothes. The outfit that you had, that was like your one outfit. Okay, you couldn't go to North Bend, the premium outlets, 
You couldn't buy clothes at, at a store. You didn't have a closet full of clothes. You had an outfit, and that was just your outfit until it wasn't anymore. But she expects an embroider. That means a particularly, particularly valuable garment. Clothes were very, very expensive. It's partly why they cast lots to see who got Jesus's single-piece tunic in the Gospels. And that was thousands of years. That, that, was, that was centuries and centuries after these events. So she expects to receive from her son, according to Deborah's song, an embroidered, that had to have been done by hand, they didn't have sewing machines, garment or two. So she has very high expectations for the souvenirs that Sisera would bring home from his victory, but she doesn't know the entire, entire army's been defeated. And then here in verse 31 comes an imprecatory prayer that's quite severe. Lord, may all your enemies perish as Sisera did. Ooh. She is praying, suffering upon the enemies of God because she's asking that all of God's enemies would perish as Sisera did. And how did Sisera perish? Well, man, in the most gruesome way imaginable, something that Wes Craven couldn't have imagined. And that's what she's praying over the enemies of God. This is how Deborah feels. This is what Deborah is inviting God to do. This is not a prayer that would particularly be answered, but it's just how Deborah feels. She is relishing the victory. She's even slamming on poor Sisera's mom, who's expecting to get some beautiful Louis Vuitton clothes out of this deal, but instead she's going to have to keep waiting because her son's not coming home. She's not getting her Ann Taylor loft outfit. Instead, her son's been defeated, and this is what Deborah is praying over the enemies of God. Here comes the prayer that I believe is a transcovenantal prayer, if you will, meaning it's one that was prayed in the old covenant that I believe applies to you today because it's something that's prayed for everyone who loves God. You love God. I love God. We both love God. Guess what? Deborah prayed for us, and here it is. But may those who love him, raise your hand, that's us, roll call, be like the rising of the sun in its strength. It's beautiful. And it's a stark contrast from everything that we've seen, ugh, like here in verse 30, ugh, uh, of Jabin's army, of the pagan armies, the sex traffickers, frankly, of that day. Instead of being purveyors of darkness, they are the rising of the sun. And what does that mean? That means that it was dark, but now light is coming. So those who love him are like the rising sun in its strength. Wow. Try to calculate the strength of the sun. What is it? 30,000 times the size of the earth. What we perceive as it's rising is there because of the perfect arithmetic of God who set it into motion. It's nothing short of the strength of a colossal stellar creation, literally stellar creation by God. That's the strength. That's the strength of his people. That's Deborah's prayer for the people of God, is that we would be like the rising sun in its strength. And then, go figure, the land had peace for 40 years. Man, that's incredibly good news because we know that according to chapter 4, verse 3, the people of God had been oppressed for 20 years. So they were oppressed for 20 years, but now the very last word in Deborah's song is that the land had peace for 40 years. So the peace was twice the length of the oppression. That's good news. You might be in the 20 and route to the 40. I pray that you relish the 40 and I pray that it lasts that long. In my experience, it's probably not going to. 
But generationally, as far as the Israelites were concerned, in a corporate sense, they did experience peace for 40 years. Take a breath. Enjoy this moment in our series in Judges because it's about the last little glimmer of good news you're going to see for a while. We've seen Othniel. We've seen Ehud. We've seen Deborah. We've seen some judges and we've seen some good moments, but the judges are going to get incrementally a little bit worse as time goes on. Good news is this weekend, starting tomorrow, we are going to be studying uh, probably the most popular judge, one of the most popular judges, Gideon. Samson might be the most famous, but I think that Gideon's story is one that's uh, everybody's favorite to study. So my prayer for you is Deborah's prayer over us, that you would be like the rising of the sun in its strength. Would you bring light to the darkness that is around you? In Jesus' name, amen.